Hello and welcome back to Less Than 10, an EVE Online small gang PvP podcast. My name is Bloodruin, and I'm here with Feral, as always. Hey guys, what's up? Feral here. And today we're going to be talking about battlecruisers a lot. Uh, we decided to go through a battlecruiser masterclass, given the recent changes to warp speed, and kind of discuss how their role in small gang uh, has become more useful and give our thoughts on on all of the different options available. Yeah, I'm super excited about the battle cruisers. Um, like I, I said in the last couple episodes, uh, I kind of was hopeful that the meta would slow down a little bit and kind of allow battle cruisers to slot in a little more. Um, so yeah, we're going to go through them all super in-depth masterclass. It's going to be the bulk of our episode, but we're also going to cover some news and a few other little things, talk about what we've been doing in-game. Um, so yeah, let's get into the news first off. Uh, so one big item to talk about was, was uh, Faith Evangod lost his Virtuoso. And our homie Frederick Von Hohl, who was on the show uh, on the Hunter Hunters episode, him and his uh, compadres got the kill. Um, and and Faith was, uh, was pretty open about it. Uh, it was heavy heavy error on his part he was out hunting he lives in a c2 wormhole so he's out in his nelsec static with a with a alt hunting and he uh accidentally undocked his virtuoso and slow boated off of the structure and once he was out of tether range uh frederick von hole and company uh decloaked and fragged it that's, that's uh wish i had a better way to talk talk about it but that was that's the story um, I heard rumors that uh, people were kind of tracking Von Hole and company, and uh, people had said they've been in that hole for over a week. Um, the, the the his Faith's Corp uh, frequent, you know, they frequently use uh, Alliance tournament ships and things like that. So I, I imagine that's what drew them there to kind of hopefully get a kill. Yeah, it's an unfortunate way to lose a, an Alliance tournament ship. That's kind of a bummer. But uh, that that's interesting. If the that group is kind of stalking the AT ships in that hole, that could get pretty spicy pretty quick. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, we made comments about it. Seemed like Frederick hasn't even been around. No kills for a while. But I guess he was just uh, creeping in a wormhole. So. <laughs> so. Yeah, we're also going to go through, uh, well, we'll get into it right now, but like the updates from EVE London and some of the game changes that we should be seeing coming. So um, EVE London just happened. Today's Sunday. We're going to release the episode after we finish recording today. So one thing that I'm pretty interested in is uh, CCP is removing the rule about CCP devs playing in the dark. Uh, so what that means is basically CCP has a rule that if a dev is playing Eve, um, they have to do so on an unknown character. And uh, if they are found out, you know, so we figured out that like, you know, CCP Rise is playing as this character and, and everyone finds out that that's CCP Rise, he then has to delete that character. So that rule is going away. So now you can knowingly have a CCP dev 
playing with you, maybe in your corp, in your alliance, whatever. And uh, I, I think it's it's a good change. I think CCP has grown enough, hopefully, that uh, you know a lot of you guys, if you're not familiar with it, the rule this rule came into play um, because way back in the day, there's a CCP dev that was essentially giving his courtmates and things like that uh, T2 BPOs. So uh, it, it's that's where the rule came from, and now it's removed. And I think it's good because CCP gets a lot of flack about uh, their devs not playing the game or not understanding the game at a high level. Um, so now maybe you know some of them will will prove that they're prove their worth, or they'll learn more. You know, at worst case. So I don't know. I'm all for it. How do you feel about it? I think it's interesting. I mean. I think it comes down to like personal responsibility, both on the part of the devs and the people in those corps. Um, you know, I there's there's probably going to be a bit of like the temptation on on people's side to like ask for information or stuff like that if they know that you know X Y Z character is a dev. But the other thing that I'm actually I think might be a little bit more of an issue is like those player characters getting targeted like people hunting them just because they're a dev um or like head you know headshotting essentially like out of a fleet because they're a dev or something like that i don't know i'd be curious to see if that becomes an issue um but i think overall some transparency or like just the the idea of like this developer is playing and is very in touch with what's going on or just knowing, like, maybe not necessarily knowing the character name, but, like, knowing, like, oh, there's a developer, this developer plays in, like, Faction Warfare, or this dev is, you know, involved in this group or something might might be good. I, I think the transparency aspect is the is a good idea, like, a good takeaway. Um, I'm more concerned about the EVE players <laughs> doing uh, obnoxious things, so. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine the price on, like, the corpse of uh Hilmar or something like that. <laughs> yep, exactly. So uh yeah. Or or just, you know, like they might get spammed with with mail in game or stuff like that that's, you know, not on their CCP accounts. And so it, there's not really a, a buffer to that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully hopefully people are you know, players are responsible in, in that regard to not abuse you know, or bullet like badger um, devs. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. The next thing is, uh, well, alliance bookmarks. We knew they're coming, and they're coming very soon. Well, by alliance bookmarks, I mean the uh, the ACL bookmarks. So it seems pretty good. Uh, I personally am going to love using it. So we'll see how it goes, but that's exciting. Um, really good for wormholers and things like that. The other thing yeah, is... I think one of the cool things is Eve Scout said that for their Ther- like Thera connections, they're going to make the the bookmarks uh, being a- ACL like open to everyone. Um, so any hole that's shown on Eve Scout's like site, you could literally just fly there in a pod, you know, and then go to a bookmark and go through. So there's already yeah. groups planning on how they're going to use them, which I think is really good. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, we'll talk about this later, but as someone who now lives in in um, Thera all the time, uh, I welcome that. <laughs> Even though we have our own core bookmarks set up, but uh, you know, more people through Thera, more kills. 
The other thing is there was a little bit of light shed on the Minmatar slash uh, auto cannon buff. No details really on auto cannons, but we did get word that both the Tempest Fleet issue and Stabber Fleet issue will be getting a damage increase. Um, and I think that's really good. The the Tempest Fleet issue um, badly needs a, a, a damage buff. Like it doesn't really have that much over the standard Tempest, to be quite honest. So uh, that's very welcome. Maybe we'll see some cool roaming fits with like you know, it has two utility highs, so that's nice. Um, and then the Stabber Fleet issue, kind of likewise, uh, it's it's been very weak for a long time. Um, so a little more damage will be nice, coupled with the medium AC buffs coming. I myself have a dual prop, dual rep Stabber that Fleet issue that I just uh, just got. Um, so we'll see how it is post change. I wanted to kind of fly it and compare, so we'll see how it goes. And the last thing we're going to talk about as far as the news for changes coming up is the, this is interesting. Uh, it was it was kind of dubbed like a kicking over the castles thing, but it's basically a structures change uh, regarding citadels. So basically this was uh, talked about at EVE London. Uh, the day of the week setting for defenders is going away. Uh, no medium structures can be anchored in hostile solve uh, with ADM over four. So as long as the defenders, I think I'm interpreting that right. As long as the defenders are active in their system, the ADM should be above four and, uh, they will then, you know, medium structures won't be able to be anchored there. Um, if you're an attacker, which is cool because it kind of limits that, uh, Hey, as long as you're active, you know, it limits the, the cheap structure spam. And the last one, which is cool because uh, CCP is, you know, for forever kind of let faction warfare slip and and not thought about them. And it's kind of clear here that they that they uh, are thinking about them because they're restricting tethering for hostels in low sec faction warfare. And uh, I, I'm not sure exactly how they're going to do this or the details, but it seems cool because when Citadels came out, um, one of the uh, downsides to being in faction warfare, the, the restrictions is that you can't dock in an enemy controlled system in the stations, but because citadels essentially replace stations in a lot of low sec areas, you know, you could just, it, the, the, whoever held the system didn't really matter because you could just have a citadel there. So, uh, if, if this is going to make citadels, make it so that you have to be of the owning uh, faction warfare side if you're in faction warfare to tether to citadel i think that's pretty big i don't know i'm not a faction warfare player but i think those guys should be happy with that i i would assume yeah that was a big argument around what you know one of the biggest issues was is also for like being able to establish a beachhead in an, a given area is before you would have to you know go through the process of taking over the system and and, and stuff before you could even start um setting up reinforcement um you know bringing in ships that kind of thing and then once citadels hit you could just throw a citadel down and automatically you've got a beachhead for that area and you could just set the access list to your entire faction and suddenly that's you know a very established beachhead that you could bring things into so i think that will change and bring a lot of the conflict driver back into faction warfare around yeah. around those that aspect yeah i agree i don't know so that's it for the news unless you can think of anything else off the top of your head there blood that i kind of missed uh, i mean i think those are the most recent things um i've been watching some really good uh like small gang 
uh, YouTube videos recently. So I think we'll get to some of that in the shout outs. But um, yeah, it's been really pretty good little bit of two weeks um, around activity and improvements to the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, Team Talos is kind of so far they're living up to their goals and and expectations a little bit like expectations of them were frankly quite low but um for a lot of people but i think they're you know doing what they said they were going to do like consistent little updates seems like they're listening and uh i'm i'm looking forward to that happening more and more and kind of rebuilding the trust in the general eve players from from that direction so yeah hopefully it stays stays going strong like this all right, well, uh, let's kind of get into our next segment. But first, we're going to go through uh, a quick sponsorship message. So take it away, Blood. Yeah, we have a, a group reached out to us named Punch Drunk, and they are looking for a few corps and individual players to join in U.S. time zone shenanigans. Um, Punch Drunk is located in the heart of Great Wildlands and is the premier up-and-coming PvP and industry alliance in the area. With weekly roams to neighboring areas such as Curse, Scalding Pass, and Derelict, as well as a daily home defense and roams throughout Great Wildlands, they are never uh, they never have to look hard to find content. If your corporation is more industry-focused, they have moons galore as well as the best-stocked and maintained Freeport Market Hub in uh, anywhere in the area. If you're interested in finding out more, you can hop into their in-game recruitment channel, and that's Punch Drunk Public. Punch space drunk dot space public. Uh, you can get in touch with Night Jester, uh, Wild One, Kane Silver, or uh, Zetian, and they'll answer any questions. And even if you're not in a, a corp, if you're just like a solo player, like just a dude, kind of you enjoy that solo nomadic kind of gameplay, you should uh, come join their other public channel called Executioners recruitment x-e-c-u-t-i-o-n-e-r-s space recruitment so these guys um i kind of know them a little bit in game i used to kind of live out in great wildlands in this pocket and they have a, a free port in ntex 6 and uh it, it's a pretty cool setup it's very well stocked market close to scalding pass um and and there's a free port asvel there and there's other Freeport industry structures. And I just kind of PVP'd around there a little bit and checked it out. But it's a cool idea, kind of like a Freeport in the middle of nowhere. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Head out there and check it out. Uh, and give them a, a shout if you're looking for a group to join. All right. So the, the we're going to talk about what we've been up to lately now um, before we get into the big, the big beefy topic of the day. So uh, I switched corpse so i was uh in in noir i talked about that a few episodes ago um but uh i i've been i, I kind of got like unmotivated with eve recently and i just really needed a change and uh, part of the problem was that uh, i'm a hyper busy person so i have my my playtime is set and like this is when i can play and that's it so if if like the team things fall outside of that time i really don't get to interact with with my team and that's kind of what was going on a little bit um and yeah like i said i was just kind of feeling like i needed to change in eve so uh i i've joined volta i'm on trial right now in volta i've been there for i don't know five or six days and uh 
man. I knew so Volta. If you guys don't really know, they're um, they're the corp is called Volta, and they're an alliance called We Form Volta. And uh, in the alliance, there's uh, there's like three or four groups. There's some that are aren't in the alliance that are affiliated, and they operate out of Thera, and uh, they are really good at rolling holes and tackling capitals and killing them. Um, so I've been pretty successful with that so far, and it's it's uh, it is not small gang. It is more than ten, uh, and that's their primary you know play style is is more than ten. But there's a lot of guys there that like small gang that do small gang, and even in their fleets, uh, like a lot of the small gang mentality, the things you you hear us talking about about solid communication, you know, flying your ship well, um, all those things apply to the way they fly as well, especially when you're multi-boxing. So I multi-box whenever I'm I'm with them, and uh, and yeah, it's it's pretty darn fun. I've killed oh I don't know, like tens of billions in rorks and caps and stuff. Really good fights. We absolutely dumpstered a typhoon fleet the other day after tackling a, a super carrier of theirs that was ratting. And uh, I'll just give you guys an example of, of what I mean by flying well in mid in in midsize PvP too. So we have their next tackled. Uh, you know, he's a big buffer fit, so he's taken a while to go down, um, and they're starting to respond. So uh, we're keeping him bubbled and everything, and we've got a hick on him now. So the sabers start uh, laying out bubbles in the direction of where they're trying to get Sinos on grid or or triage on grid. So they eventually brought triage in, but warped them in, and we got their triage basically stuck like over a hundred kilometers away from their necks due to just being keen with bubbles and, you know, pilots being able to know where they're going to be coming from and being able to fly their ship in that direction and lay down a line of bubbles to get them caught. So they can't rep the Knicks. So needless to say, the Knicks ended up dying and they brought in right as the Knicks was dying, they brought in a big old typhoon fleet and we just, uh, absolutely dunked them typhoons with like three, four triage on grid. Um, and we were in legions with uh with Zarm Zarmazad reps, and uh, yeah, Beam Legions just absolutely wrecked these typhoons. I don't think we lost anything but uh, interdictors in that fight. Um, so stuff like that. That was a U.S. time zone or sorry EU time zone fleet because it was on the weekend, so it's a little bit bigger. Volta's U.S. time zone is smaller. Lots of guys multi boxing, you know. Uh, so yeah, it's quite interesting and. I'm also looking forward to just using uh, Thera as a, a means of flying around and doing small gang with people as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm liking it, feeling kind of reinvigorated in that sense. I'm getting what I needed, and hopefully, I pass my trial. <laughs> so, yeah, those uh, those all sound like trial worthy, uh, or you know, things that should help pass the trial. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, and. Like I'm triple boxing, so it's pretty fun. Like uh, usually I'll have one account that I just dedicate to helping out roll and then two accounts that I'll either hunt with and and then do like a, a mainline fleet thing like TPS or Logi. Or sometimes I'll do like throw my alt into a link legion or a new legion or something like that. And uh, if we have enough hunters, but it's a pretty cool way to do it. They Their hunters are very skilled, very skilled guys. And uh you know, you, they get a share of what they tackle, which is cool. Like a lot of wormhole groups will do that, right? The scouts get get a, a, a pretty big chunk of what they tackle, which is cool. So nice. I have been um, I've been market PVPing recently, which is not my uh, my general uh, activity. 
but I bought some items in July based on like doing some speculation. Um, and the prices have finally shifted enough to warrant selling them. And uh, yeah, um, it's a slow sell process. It's funny. It's like I could, you know, buy a, re- a ridiculous amount of something and then wait like six months and then you have to sell them like 10 at a time. So you don't like crash a market. But well, I remember you, you were talking about doing that with you bought VNIs when they were dirt cheap, like before the, the nerfs happened, right? And and they yeah. the prices were sky high, and you were t- telling me how you're selling off your VNIs and blah blah blah. And then you literally like finished selling them off a week before the nerfs were announced. Like it was ridiculous how well you timed it. Yeah, that was like total luck. But uh, as far as like in in terms of the change, but let's see, I'm actually I'll pull up my notes. So I bought this is uh, back in. January uh, is when I started buying them. It looks like I bought from January 1st up to the 16th. Um, I ended up buying uh, 25.27 billion worth of VNIs. So that was, uh, looks like 386 VNIs or something like that. And then, so, uh, and on my notes i put in so I, I was buying them at 50 million and under so between 40 and 50 million is where i built i bought most of them and then i started selling them in april like it looks like april 5th was the first one and that was as they started getting to about 69 million 70 million right in there and i sold them all the way through until june um where they and at one point they went up to like 83 85 million um in uh, this would have been March and then right at the beginning of June I was selling them uh, around 75 and uh then I sold like the last 100 at like 63 to get rid of them so that was like right before the changes <laughs> but you know ended up making a little bit of like uh, you know a, uh, I don't know what 10 10 million per VNI um for you know a couple hundred vnis is is worthwhile i think some of the ones that i've like been the most successful on are new modules that get introduced that i that were like really good um but at the beginning they're in huge quantities so like with the events i remember i originally did uh, a lot of i bought a lot of the c3x ballistic controls which are now like insanely expensive um but I, I sold them off like I, I think I bought them all around like 30 million and sold them around like 150. But and now they're 300 million a piece, <laughs> like they're kind Oof. of insane price. But you know, stuff like that where I'm like, I don't know, I don't try to like maximize profits, I just try to like gain, um, in, in, in some ways. Um, so like, but sometimes you know, I, I am sitting on something. So, like, for instance, I, I bought, um, phantasms about like 50 of them and uh i'll pull up my note real quick so phantasms right now are 71 million you know i I bought them around like 80 million um back in march so like you know i'm just i'm just holding on to them and whatever see what (laughs) see what happens but that was i like i I didn't buy a, a huge amount so you know i'll either use them or sell them at a little bit of a loss and it's not a big deal i don't know sometimes it's fun i I kind of end up just sitting on 
on piles of stuff, but then selling them a bit by bit. That's the th- like the biggest thing is like you can only sell them really effectively in like quantities of ten at a time, and you you know log in uh, once a day or every couple of days to update pricing. Um, so it's just one of those one of those kinds of things. But yeah, this I'm not gonna say what what it was. Uh, <laughs> until probably until i'm done selling but like the the item that i i purchased i have 300 of and i should make about like a 20 mil profit per item um so and it's nice. i think there's still room to go up a bit and it, the item's trending up so starting to sell while i make a little bit of a profit and if that profit grows as i'm doing the sell-off process then that is that'll still be beneficial so um yeah i don't i don't really like to sell after it's hit a max and it's like coming down uh just because you don't know especially with like political landscapes or different stuff in eve like how that's going to change your your sell price and different things yeah that's not small gang pvp but i'm a nerd and that's what i like to do (laughs) nice well it keeps you in ships anyway yep so yeah i don't know battle cruisers Let's uh let's get into it. This is gonna be whew, this is gonna be I I might have to like tell Blood to stop talking about a specific thing partway through this if uh because we're gonna nerd out pretty hard. So uh hopefully it doesn't last crazy long. We'll do our best, but no promises. So Yeah, and hopefully we'll do kind of like a highlights of the ships and their strengths, but not go into crazy in-depth detail like, you know, oh, if they're fit with heavy beam lasers, then this ship will hit from you know this range to this range. No, it'll be more like these are kind of the core strengths, the core ideas um, that translate well to small gang PvP for each kind of ship and class. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we'll start again, just like we have in the past on master classes, uh, just going through the general overview of what a battle cruiser is. So battle cruiser is a, a, a ship hull and eve class that li- lays between cruiser and battleship. Uh, it uses the cruiser-sized weapons, but it generally has a few more slots, more fitting, and is slightly slower, more battle, more um, uh, damage potential. So that's that's like the general battle cruiser theme. They are unique in Eve as they're one of several cl- classes that can fit uh, command links or command bursts. They're called. Uh, they also are unique in that they're one of several classes that can fit micro jump drives. Um, so they recently got a buff with the hyperspatial changes, the warp speed changes. So uh, they have a three and a half AU a second warp speed now, uh, which is very roamable. And uh, there's also the very unique, kind of a unique as a theme for battle cruisers, but they have the attack battle cruisers, which are a type of battle cruiser that can fit the battleship sized weapons. They are generally faster. Uh, and less tank than their counterparts, but they fit the heavier weapon system. So they are the definitive glass cannon type type ships. So yeah, there's four types of battle cruisers within that class, if you will. There's combat battle cruisers, attack battle cruisers, faction battle cruisers, and then command ships, which are the tech two version of the ships. Yeah, I don't know. How how much battle cruiser flying have you done, Blood? I personally am a fan of the Hurricane, the uh the Pod the Drake, the Harbinger, especially the faction, the uh the faction harbinger is super cool. 
and uh, mm, I've done some weird stuff with the Merm in the past. I don't know. What do you think? I know a lot of people like the Brudix, but what's your general feel on them before we dive into each one? Yeah, so my favorite by far is the Hurricane Fleet issue. Um, we So in the last two Alliance tournaments, they had a strong emphasis on Battlecruiser meta. And so that was the majority of what we flew a lot of the time. Um, I would say my close second would be like Brutix Navy issue, but as a rail platform more than as like a brawling platform. Um, so those two, I think, are like my favorite slash um, probably the, the two I've flown the most on TQ. Uh, as far as... Like, one second, one second. You lost me there. What's an alliance tournament? <laughs> uh, I wish we had more of them. Um, but yeah, so in in AT, like the rules just made it so that uh, the battle cruiser as a was was a very valuable ship for for the damage to point value that that it had. Yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, we use those a lot um, in a lot of our compositions, and also you know command bursts are very important in a restricted format like that. But yeah, so uh, Hurricane Fleet Issue and Brudix Navy, I've flown a lot on TQ. Um, the Slepnir is, like, I think one of the most fun uh, command ships to fly in a small gang, and you can really um, give your fleet a, a massive benefit. Um, so that is probably, like, the other Battlecruiser-class ship that I, I would say I've, I've like, I haven't flown it on TQ, but I think it, it gets flown quite a lot. And you see slept near fleets, um, depending on the, the point in the meta. As far as, like, the ships that I think are, like, great for solo and small gang, especially we just did our budget episode um, talking about cost effectiveness. And I think the Brudix is fantastic, just the T1 Brudix in, as a rail platform for small gang. Um, and then probably the, the Hurricane or the Harbinger. Um, as far as uh, giving your your group uh, command bursts and also being able to to use damage, I actually kind of was thinking about this the other day. I think the cyclone might be a little overlooked. the The downside with cyclone is its damage is like pretty anemic, but it has really good speed and um, it it can have usually two command bursts fitted. So for small gang. If you use it more in a support type role with like maybe heavy missiles and a target painter or something, um, I think it, it could be very viable to. But it's definitely more of a support role and not like a damage dealer role. So yeah, well let's let's get into that detail when we get through it, and we'll just start going through yeah. <laughs> one by one. Um, yeah, I guess uh, you wanted general impressions, and I gave you like a little <laughs> more specifics. You know, you know me. It's all good. <laughs> It's all good. Well, uh, yeah, we'll get there. Absolutely. We want to hit on those details. We'll just uh, go through kind of um, like, you know, one at a time, go through each one now and, and talk about them, how they're fit, their bonuses, uh, you know, and, and with how they're fit, we'll just kind of go like a general how they're fit, you know, how I would assume a, a Cyclone or a Harvey would be fit, right? So, so we'll start with the Harbinger. Uh, the Harbinger is uh, one of the Amara battle cruisers. Uh, it uses lasers. So uh, Blood will just go ahead and give us the the full bonuses on the Harby. Yeah. So the main ones are it has 
a 10 per 10% reduction in energy turret activation cost per level and then a uh, or a 10% energy turret damage bonus per level then like as a roll bonus it gets a uh, 25% optimal range and fall off so uh, it's really focused on on range projection um, and a little bit of cap reduction from for your guns nice so when i think about harbies um, there's um, as a small ganger, there's basically two fits that I think of, and I've seen people kind of use both. And the first is uh, is basically a shield buffer uh, pulse laser fit, like a kind of like a shield heavy navy omen. Um, and you can do beams as well. It's up to you. Pulse is kind of nice. A beam, a lasers are kind of nice that way because beams do have more range and worse tracking uh, and, and good damage. But pulse is also viable because of scorch when you're kiting so you can close and and heat with multi-freak uh if you want to to do some up close damage or if you get scrammed kind of thing you can still track okay with uh loading something like multi-freak and and just trying to burn them down uh but you can also use scorch from range right so you can go either way uh as the beams have some decent close range ammo uh as well so those are the two fits that I kind of think of. Like one's basically the shield buffer, and the other one is like a nanoed out Ansel rep, like very lightly tanked, just an Ansel rep, armor Ansel rep that is, and uh, and pulse lasers. Like you would kind of fit a navy omen similar to that. That's what I think about. About what do you? How about you, blood? Yeah, I definitely I prefer flying the more omen navy kind of style with a, a medium Ansel rep. Um, I think in the past I've flown it with like two nanofibers to try and make up for some of the the slow speed and agility of of the harb um overall it is kind of one of the slower ships um and then i personally like to fly it i think with medium beams um you just kind of have to know that you're gonna have a little bit of tracking issue uh so that's where in small gang i kind of rely on you know having other people around me with some sort of anti-tackle to to take care of small things um which allows the ship to perform a lot better uh, and you can utilize your, your range and damage output. For sure. And then again, if you're doing flying that kind of fit in small gang, you should, uh, you should probably using a skirm link on it and your in your one link slot, which is, uh, you know, super nice to bring makes up for kind of the, yeah. speed, the speed losses when you're solo flying battle cruisers. It's something you kind of have to take into account is that you're going to have at least one link on your ship, right? Which is very nice uh, for, for solo PVP, especially kind of takes up some of the difference between this and a cruiser as far as the speed goes. Yeah, I think, um, so we're also going to describe how many command bursts they'll have. What we're kind of thinking is, this is how many utility highs um, that ship has, but, uh, you know, with a full rack of guns. I've definitely seen people in small gang remove a gun to put on a, a link because you know they're in a group that has uh, other ships that are doing damage or they're not relying on just their damage to do things um but in terms of what our assumptions are it's just going to be that uh you know the idea is you're going to fill your entire rack of guns and then this is how many utility highs you have left yep so that's kind of the harbinger um you know, they, they can be also fit like in faction warfare space with like the, the smaller, like the quad, I can't remember what they're called the quad lasers. Um, 
I think that's what they're called. The, the smaller ones. I never use them. I can't remember what they're called. But the small ones that track yeah. really well. Quad and have, beam. Yeah, and they yeah quad beam, and they have decent fitting. And they'll like have a armor buffer tank with like dual web and quad beam lasers, and just hope frigs come in on them uh, because they they track well and have dual webs and just kind of wreck wreck a bunch of frigs before you die, kind of thing. So that's a thing that I've seen people do. I've never done it myself, but if you're in faction warfare space, I'd kind of watch for that. Um, yeah, when yeah. you encounter harbingers, you know, out that a person who's outside of smuggling, I've often seen them being buffer armor fit. Um, stuff like that with more of like a brawly kind of intent. Um, I've seen, I've, I've actually tried a 100 M in Harbinger. Doesn't work too well. Uh, <laughs> but it, yeah, I, when I've come across them in the past, they tend to be more brawly focused. Um, but if you're fighting a small gang um, or, a, you know, someone who's kiting, that's kind of what you can expect. For sure. Um well, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't really want to say anything more about the Harbinger. How about you? Yeah, let's move on. The next one Sweet. in the MR lineup is the Prophecy. Um, prophecies are drone-focused ships. Um, the Prophecy gets 10% bonus to drone hit points and damage, and 4% to armor resistances. And then um, in, in the roll bonus... It gets a uh, 12.5% bonus to drone micro warp drive velocity, and then obviously can fit command burst. So the prophecy is like super great utility ship because its damage comes from drones. So you can do all kinds of stuff in the high slots. I've seen people doing newts, multiple command bursts, um, all kinds of you know rapid lights, lots of different variety of things. Yeah, I I used to fly. Uh prophecies with with uh, my small corp and we'd fly remote rep remote cap transfer prophecies just tanky like super tanky right and it was pretty fun you can do that um they're very slow they're also like very big buffer tanks right is is typically what i think of when i see prophecy like you mentioned drones uh usually missiles um but like you say could be different utility highs but very tanky big buffer is what i think about low damage slow yeah. That's that's a prophecy, and the the real challenge with working them into a small gang is their speed. Um, the the one fit I've seen that's really interesting for small gang is I've actually seen a 500 mn micro warp drive prophecy. Um, it's kind of a gimmick, and it's it's hard for it to kind of be useful in your your group uh, to to stay in range. They're mostly like when I've seen them used. They like throw out drones and then they just kind of burn away um, to stay safe and and like kind of pulse their micro warp drive. But um, but yeah, that's the prophecy kind of has a challenge in in terms of like nano small gang, but great in in terms of like a remote rep kind of setup or um, more of a, a brawling type small gang atmosphere. Nice. Um, yeah, it's. Not the like you say, it's not the most common small gang one, so we're probably just going to move on to the Minmatar battle cruisers. So, first up is the Cyclone. So, Cyclone, I know it has an active tank bonus, uses missiles, right? So, and it's pretty fast. So, generally, that's how you're going to see a Cyclone. Um, I, I don't recall blood, is it? It doesn't get a bonus to uh, to uh, um, rapid lights, does it? It's just heavies and hams, right? Correct. It's just heavies and hams. It's a 7.5% per level um, to launch a rate of fire. 
and then it has a 7.5% uh, shield booster bonus per level, and it gets a 25% bonus to missile velocity. So one of the issues that the Cyclone really has is it doesn't get an application bonus of any kind, and that kind of leads to um, it, it not applying its full damage, especially to smaller ships. A uh, really common fit for a Cyclone is heavy assault missiles with like an XLASB, um, and they, they are fast, so they really leverage getting on top of their opponent and, and, and pinning them down and then doing their damage quickly. Um, I have seen some some rapid light setups with like a a dual XLASB, but because it doesn't get a bonus, it's really just relying on the strength of just rapid lights unbonused to tear through small things, and that kind of setup has uh, issues working through anything like a cruiser or bigger. Um, I've seen some really cool fights by like Lucy Liu doing like a pimped out Excel, uh, like pith extra large cyclone and drawing some fights uh, in that way because it's kind of seen as a weaker ship. And um, but yeah, leveraging its speed, leveraging the command bursts um, to, to give you a little bit more benefit is kind of the focus there, not so much on the damage side of things. Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, that's, I don't know. There, there really, there's variations in fits, like between Ansel and, uh, like you say, a blingy booster. How much is you want to spend? But the general consensus, cons uh, consensus is it's gonna uh, be like a, a fast brawler. You're not really gonna kite with one. You might like kite away from people to split them up, but then you're gonna isolate someone, turn on them, get your scram, start tearing into them, tank long enough to leave, kill them and leave. Right? I think that's the general. Uh, archetype of the cyclone. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Suetonia made a video, I mean, probably two or three years ago, um, and uh, on the cyclone doing XLASB. And uh, I think that's been kind of like my, my go-to recommendation video for understanding kind of the limitations or the use of a cyclone more in a solo context. Yeah, for sure. Um, generally not seen in like, like, a, you know, the, the small gang, like a, like five, six, 10 dudes generally you won't see a cyclone. It's probably usually like in a solo or duo kind of setup where they're looking to brawl. But the next Minotaur, uh, battle cruiser is something you'll see in small gang more often. And that's the hurricane. So hurricane pretty flexible. Um, some people will fly already, but ACs have been making a comeback, and really they're going to be pretty. Assuming how they the changes they make to medium ACs are are good ones, um, it's going to make a comeback as an AC boat as well. I assume uh, you can have one command burst there. You can do it shield or armor. So let's go through the bonuses, blood, and then we'll kind of get into the fits we've seen. Gotcha. The bonuses are just strictly focused around the projectiles. Uh, 5% per level to damage, and 5% per level to rate of fire. And then uh, the roll bonus is 25% to medium projectile optimal range and fall off. Nice. So for fits, uh, shield buffer with ACs, uh, a, a single link, and 
a mix of damage, nanos, uh, damage and tracking enhancers in the lows, rigs to taste, right? Plug your EM hole, um, polys, something like that, CDFEs. That's kind of what you're looking at for that standard shield buffer cane. Uh, you can also fit a newt in your utility high. Uh, you only have one, so, you know, newt or link. If you don't have link skills, pack a newt in there. And then I've seen an armor fit, uh, AC armor fit where they will lightly tank it like a single ancil armor rep. Um, it'll be pretty quick, but they're usually packing uh, scram or scram web because uh, it gets four mids, right? Is it four or five? Four it's mids. four. Four mids. So I've seen people do, these are the mids they'll do. They'll do MWD scram web cap injector, or if they're feeling like uh, they, you know, want to be able to escape a little easier and they don't want to have as much sustain, they'll drop that cap injector for an MJD. And then you can make MJD plays. You can escape if uh, you, you know, get in, get a scram on something, kill it and leave, right? Well, there's still like an interceptor or something with only a long point on you. So they, you can kind of use the fall off bonus on this ship. The way you're going to want to fly it is you wouldn't want to like hard commit to a fight right off the bat you want to like kite away uh weaken your target before you turn on them and and then start really laying the damage in right use that fall off bonus of the acs don't don't fly it like it's a blaster boat because it's not uh that's kind of my advice with with those two fits um but there are also artillery fits that people use on the standard hurricane as well yeah you're gonna run into artillery fits in larger fleet context um, the one challenge with the Hurricane, as opposed to other ships, is it doesn't get a tracking bonus. So those artillery, um, as an as an artillery platform, it's just going to miss a little bit more shots. Um, I've seen something similar to what you were describing with the kind of more brawly-oriented setup. But uh, the one that I've seen be very common is having two reps, one in Ansel and one like a T2, and then going MWD, Scram Web, and kind of like you said, leveraging fall off in the early part of an engagement, isolating or separating people out and then turning in and brawling. Um, and so it, it, it depends. I'd, I'd say in a solo context, you'd want to be doing more of that kind of brawling oriented. I feel like it's a little bit stronger. And then in a fleet context, I, I would do something like auto cannons with some sort of fall off enhancement, like, um, ambit rigs or having a tracking enhancer and then you could either do like MWD long point uh, web MJD or or a cap booster um, and and do just one single ansel rep and I think that's kind of the way to go with that one yeah it's an exciting ship very versatile um, and I think it's I think as the meta slows down a little bit and ACs get buffed, we're going to see more Hurricanes flying around. Great bang for the buck, like we talked about last episode. Yeah, they're 30 million, um, you know, and then so after fitting, probably you're looking at 50. You'll get a, a portion of that back in insurance, and you're bringing command links to the table for your grant, for your group, you know. Um, I think that's pretty, pretty beneficial. Yeah. All right, let's get into Galente T1 battlecruisers then. So th these are, by the way, guys, we're only going into the combat battlecruisers right now, so we're skipping over the other type. So we're going to go through them after. So first up, Brudix. What do you think about Brudix? Man tank, big hull tank, active armor? Uh, dude, 
Shield depends kite? on how much depends on how much you watch Zarox or Zarvox Toriel, which he makes some great memes uh, around the Brudix and the Brudix Navy. Um, yeah, I mean it's a flexible ship. It can be used in a lot of different ways. A lot of people use it to brawl. Um, it does have a ten percent bonus to medium hybrid turret damage, and then a active tank bonus seven point five percent to armor repair mount. And then uh, the roll bonus is 25% to hybrid, optimal, and fall off. So um, it's it's really focused on just shelling out lots of damage. Um, I love it in a rail platform for kiting with like one skirm link and a medium ansel armor wrapper. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's whatever your play style and your preference is. You can hold tank it. You can armor tank it. Um, if you have logi, you can do like a buffer armor. Um, all kinds of different options. Sounds pretty slick. Yeah, I, it, it's it's a, another one of the super versatile ones. Very strong. Um, you know, can be quite quick and like really the the hull tank memes are pretty funny. Like they are very tanky. Uh, it, it's pretty crazy the Galente hull tank. So yeah, I mean we don't really need to say much more than that. There, there's it's so versatile. There's no need to really go through it and talk about it in depth because. It would take us ages to go through every fit. But, yeah, uh, I, th I think the general overview is it's relatively fast. Uh, you can have one command burst on it, and it has an active tank bonus uh, and high damage. Those are like the four things that I, I walk away thinking, this is what you need to know about the Brutix. I think one thing is you should, if you come up against one, it's uh, the perfect candidate for a, a look at to check the guns because you'll know a lot about how it's fit if it's rocking blasters or rails, right? So rails, you're typically going to have a lightly tanked ship that's, you know, kiting. And if it has blasters, you're pretty much guaranteed to have one of those hull tank or heavy uh, armor active tank fits is, is what I would say. So keep that in mind. Okay, how about the Merm? The Merm. I've done some weird things with the Merms in the past, but let's go through the bonuses. Yeah, the Myrmidon is a drone ship, drone-oriented Galente battlecruiser. It gets 10% bonus to drone hit points and damage. It gets a 7.5% bonus per level to armor repair amount, and a 12% 12.5% drone bonus to micro warp drive velocity for the drones. Uh, so it's basically the Galente version of the Prophecy but it has an active rep, so a lot of times where you would see a Prophecy, the Merm just does a little bit better in that regard, um, uh, in a, like a solo context. Um, I don't really see them ever being flown in Small Gang. They're, they're more of a solo PvP boat or a ratting ship um, a, lot, a lot more now. Yeah, they are big in the ratting now, kind of since the VNI nerfs. Um, so the weird thing I did with a merm one time is I made an XLASB shield kiting merm. Pretty weird. Uh, it's not the fastest thing, but you put enough nanos on anything, right? Like, and it feels fast. Um, and you get links, and and it was. Uh, I think I had a drone nav on it as well. It was a while ago, but you can you know you can try weird shit like that too. But the merm that most like the most iconic merm in my mind is the old triple rep dual cat booster fit just like mad brawling uh huge active tank huge cap control kind of fit um 
pretty cool. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think the triple uh, rep is a very common one. Um, the it being drone focused means you can put two, or you know, probably up to you could put more command bursts on it. But I'd say two is kind of where I I would think. And then you could do newts or auto cannons or blasters or whatever in the highs. Um, my personal preference is actually I like doing a two rep with one cap inject and then using that extra mid slot for an MJD. Um, that's been like what I have found works good for me. But the definitely the three rep. I mean, you can you can go through a lot of a lot of uh, damage output you can hold up under. So. Uh, that those are like the the common fits. Um, yeah, it's tanky. It does drone stuff, and you'll probably see it ratting. <laughs> those are the main takeaways of the Myrmidon. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about it. Um, so next up, uh, can I bring my Drake? <laughs> <laughs> uh, only if it's a Podla Drake. Um, yeah. So the the Drake is a classic memed. Uh, Battlecruiser used to have its heyday where it was the most dominant ship in EVE. Uh, currently, it has a 4% bonus to shield resistance per level and a 10% bonus to kinetic heavy missiles and heavy assault missiles per level, and then a 25% bonus to missile velocity. Yeah, so the Drake, you come across one. So first off, uh, just like the Cyclone, it doesn't have a bonus rapid lights, right? It's only heavies and hams, and it's only kinetic damage. So it's kinetic locked. So, uh, you know, most people are just going to load kinetic. There are certain cases where you're better off not shooting kinetic, you know, like, say, against an Ishtar or something with big native kinetic uh, resistance, right? But uh, most people are just going to leave that, that kin missiles in and go from there. Um, and usually they're going to be fairly tanky. Like a, they, they buffer tank. You don't often see active tanked drakes. Um, yeah, they, they don't have a ton of damage. They're fairly slow uh, compared to other battle cruisers. Yeah. Um, we'll go through the Podla Drake fit in depth. But I, I don't really think there's much else to talk about it with the Drake, do you? Nope. It's uh in the current context or the current meta, it is subpar. Um, just because of speed and it's kind of forced into being this shield kind of it struggles with application issues. So it's just kind of forced into that area and, and is not as effective. Yeah, I feel like delayed damage, application, low overall DPS, right? Like, ham and heavies aren't really in a good spot in the small gang meta, so it's yeah, kind of a, it's product, the same, a product of that. It's the same reason the Cyclone suffers, but the Cyclone's faster, so, you know, if you were forced to fly one of these ships, you'd fly the Cyclone over that, but if you could fly any of the other battle cruisers, you usually would. So they're just like the two last kids on the totem pole. <laughs> okay. Pod the Drake. Let's go through it. Do you have the fit handy? Do you have it memorized? I, I don't, but I'm, I'm sure you'll inform us. I know the general idea of a, now are you talking the, the two web pod, pod the Drake? Or are you talking like, um, I know, I, I saw oh, what dearth 
Ramir uh, a long long while back doing Drake Navy stuff that was like a Podla Drake. Yeah, so there is a a, a Podla esque Drake Navy, but the uh, the standard Podla Drake, which you know some people might argue with me a little bit. Um, there's some flexibility on this, but is heavy missiles with a command burst, so like a skirmer shield command burst. Then you're going to go with a very modest, uh, roughly 50k EHP via, in your mids, a single LSE and an, an adaptive. Uh, in the lows, you can add a damage control. Uh, you don't have to, but you know you can have a damage control in there, and that this is where I'm talking about the differences, right? Um, so in the mids, to round out the rest of the mods, you fit dual web, long point, MWD. Then you have your LSC and your adaptive. In the lows, you fit uh, two ballistic control systems, a damage control and a nano. Your rigs, you can go uh, poly uh, and then two CDFEs or like a poly and an EM rig and a CDFE if you want to fully plug that EM hole. That's the basic fit. You're looking at, like I said, about 50k HP, 350 DPS uh, with heavy missiles. So, you know, a lot of range. That's That's with kinetic faction missiles. Uh, and then you get a full set of drones, so of light drones. So that's the basic pod, the Drake. Uh, yeah, not super strong, but uh, <laughs> but fun meme. <laughs> yeah, and and that's like a big part of that is leveraging the fact that people are are going to be overly aggressive towards you, or you know they're going to commit too hard, and you can you can utilize that to smash their faces before you get the hell out <laughs> yeah like it only does just under 2300 with heat uh 1625 well that's with my skills which aren't quite perfect so 1642 with max link skills with a, a a speed link in right so it's not that fast but you know 1600 like it's better than slow battleships <laughs> yep Yeah, so that's the Pod Drake. Moving on. I don't even think we should talk about the Ferox. Like, if you fly the Ferox a bunch, it's because you're doing so in a in in big fleet stuff, right? Yeah, there's. I don't know. Have you ever seen a Ferox? Yeah, there's some solo fits around blasters and XLESBs that's pretty viable. I think it's with. Yeah, I think you have to put electron blasters in order to get two xlesbs but it's viable um but yeah and in, in, in small gang it doesn't synergize as well as some of the other ships um like the brudix is gonna do the same thing that rails do um but it's gonna be moving faster and it's gonna kind of synergize a little bit better than the ferox uh ferox is a bit slow uh can have one command burst and it has a range bonus, and that's kind of why it's utilized a lot more in fleet uh, combat as opposed to like small gang. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I don't know. We can kind of leave it at that with the Ferox, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, I was just uh, wanted to pull up the traits again real quick. It has a five percent uh, per level to medium hybrid damage a 10% per level to medium optimal range, and then a roll bonus of 25% to medium optimal range and fall off. So that's kind of where it, it is focused around that, that range bonus and a lot of fleets take advantage of that using 
railguns and just leveraging a you know a, a more of kind of like a sniping oriented uh, fleet composition. Right. I think the lack of a tracking bonus really hurts it in small gang. Yeah, that and its speed definitely uh, play a factor. Cool. So that's that's it for the normal combat battle cruisers. Um, let's go through the attack battle cruisers, the spicy boys, the big battleship heavy weapons, no tank, glass cannon. So yeah. they have no utility <laughs> hives. All of them fit uh, eight eight turret slots, eight weapon slots, and and then that's it. So uh, they don't even get a bonus to command links, right? Like they can't use them. Correct. So. Amar Oracle, love me this the Pulse Oracle dude. I I'm not gonna lie, the Pulse Oracle guys. Whew. Let's go through the bonuses and then we'll tell you the fit. All right, the Oracle gets a bonus, a ten percent per level reduction in large energy turret cost, a five percent per level in large energy turret damage, and then it has roll bonuses that are. Uh, just to make it so that you can actually fit those large weapons on. Um, so they, it's like a 95% reduction to the power grid use of energy, large energy turrets, and then 50% reduction in CPU and 50% reduction of, of the activation cost. So um, those roll bonuses are going to be consistent across the other classes for their respective large, in, large, large turrets. It's just uh, the, the way that they are able to fit them. The main thing we're looking at for the Oracle is the, the cap usage and the damage output. Mm -hmm. So here's how you fit your Pulse Oracle. First off is you get the biggest Pulse lasers you can, the Mega Pulse lasers. You, <laughs> you then fill your lows with three heat sinks, a tracking enhancer, and two nanos because you want to go fast and you want to shoot hard. You then figure, hey, I, I, I want to have more than like 10k EHP, so uh, let's have some shield extenders on there. You put two shield extenders on there, and you put a micro warp drive on there because you want to go fast. And then on your rigs, pretty much all of them are, are going to have two locus coordinators. And then for the third rig, uh, I've seen people use a metastasis adjuster. I've seen people use an EM rig so they don't have a gaping EM hole because um, literally 0% DM resist in the shield on the, on the Oracle. But uh, yeah, that's that's it. So the key stats here that you want to think about are the 63-kilometer uh, optimal scorch range, putting out about 730 DPS. That's pretty big. This is from a short-range weapon system. So the tracking is uh 4.11 units of tracking on a battleship weapon that's like pretty fucking good from from this like especially when you're out at range right and and pretty heavy damage so this is a ship that you can fly in nano gang where uh you need some teammates to kind of help you out um if things get closer and you can't run away fast enough uh you load multi and you get like a 23k optimal pumping out over 900 dps without heat so this thing does uh, 1730, 2450 with heat, without links or anything. Pretty decent. I, I like this ship. It has a modest 18k EHP. 
<laughs> yeah, these things are definitely uh, glass cannons in all aspects. But that if you fly them appropriately and you pair them with good, you know, support, then that's kind of what allows you to use them correctly. I think you know pairing an oracle with like uh, a hurricane that gives it skirm links or something like that is is what's gonna give your group the ability to to utilize it. The hurricanes definitely, or sorry, the oracle is definitely the most prolific uh, of these for for small gang in that shield setup just because of the the sheer damage output and the range that it has um, with the quote unquote close range variation of the weapon. The other ships don't really project that same type of damage um, with the the close range options, and so uh, the oracle is definitely kind of uh, above the others in in that regard. Absolutely, um, that's the only oracle fit worth mentioning. So uh, let's move on. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like people use it for, I don't know, like bashing structures or something sometimes. But yeah, no. If you're if you're wanting to fly this thing, that's really the main fit you'll want to do, and you'll want to have people flying with you to support. Um, the next is the tornado. The tornado gets a 5% bonus to large projectile rate of fire and 5% to large projectile fall off. Um, the, the tornado is an interesting one. I've seen it. I've seen a lot of fun, interesting fits with it. Um, I remember Chesser when he was still playing, he did like a dual prop, uh, double armor rep kind of tornado, just leveraging its massive damage output potential seen stuff from like stitch uh keeneland i think that's how you say his last name in game uh, on his youtube channel doing 100 m in um kind of uh, you know they're almost like trap fits where they're like 100 m in with double web uh long point and so someone comes in aggressively and then gets webbed down and then gets shredded with tons of damage um I've seen some really meme fits in like Brave Space where people would go like double web and like small auto cannons and then like have like a lot of tank um, stuff like that because a frigate comes in expecting to get under the guns of a tornado and then you know gets hit with like small auto cannons. <laughs> it's pretty entertaining to to have seen that a, a few times. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I. And there's the instanados, right? That's worth mentioning. You don't really see them in small gang and nullsec and stuff, but you could do some pretty meme stuff with with RD and a and an MJD or something like that. Um, from a NATO, you're just you know always going to be a glass cannon, right? Yeah, I've seen um, a while back Lucy Liu and his group did shield buffer um, with adaptives, and like I think they had one or two tracking computers, and they did artillery platforms. And they they just kind of they really leveraged the alpha capability of I think like they had like five or six of them and they had like two logistics and uh, you know as people would come in they would give a uh, Lucy Lou would give a countdown you know like three two one fire and they were just deleting battle cruisers and stuff off the field um, and and so that's really where you would leverage the use of a tornado is for alpha potential within a group. Um, but the artilleries just don't track as well as the pulse from an oracle. 
and they're going to have about the same range, um, a little bit lower DPS. So that's kind of where the, the Tornado doesn't fit into that role as well. But I've, I've seen them work. Um, it's just a different kind of variation on what you're trying to do. Yeah, for sure. All right, the Talos. Um, I, uh, I'm a pretty big Talos fan. Uh, I have one right now fit in the way we're going to describe after we go through the bonuses. Yeah, the Talos gets a 5% bonus to energy turret damage per level and a 7.5 bonus to large hybrid. Sorry, I, I think I said energy hybrid turret uh, tracking speed per level. Um, yeah, it yeah. does lots of damage. <laughs> yeah, and you can kind of kite with it um, as like a very similar fit to the Oracle, actually, but you're using blasters, so it's a lot shorter range, but uh, better tracking, better, like much better tracking, and uh, and more damage, right? So uh, the 2012 LSE fit is, you know, Neutron's LSE, uh, long point MWD, and then you can kind of go through. You can also fit a scram actually uh, instead of an LSC. Um, you're not necessarily going to be ramming things to scram them, it's more defensive. But then you got dual mag stab, dual TE, and nano. Then again, your rigs, you, this is kind of the way I would fit it is going like a EM rig, thermal rig, and then like a hybrid burst aerator for even more damage. And you're pumping like with antimatter, like 1118 turret DPS at. 5.3 plus 17 and a half. So that's with antimatter. And uh, this is kind of like the the heavy um, blaster kiting meme, right? So you're going to use null quite a bit, which ends up with, at uh, 891 DPS at 15 plus 25. So, and that's just, you know, raw stats. Oh, yeah, there we go. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure my Pypha. Oh, that's with a drop. So that doesn't change anything. The tracking is a little worse, but. Um, again, and, and this, now that I'm talking about drop, this isn't the perfect ship for drop. I would always carry drop in this. It's, uh, you're, you're using those poorly tracking big blasters. So drop is a, a huge help. Yeah. So I think yeah. Talos, if, if we see a resurgence of cruiser and battle cruisers, then the Talos will have a lot more viability. Cause that's, that's what it shined at was just Dude, smashing cruisers that wait. are trying to chase you down. I'm so hopeful of that, what you just said. I want to yeah. see more cruisers, more heavy ships out there that, you know, like, good luck trying to hit an AF with something like this. Like, you're just going to yeah. get completely that's been annihilated. The real, that's been the real issue for something like a, a, a kiting Talos kind of setup is it's just all, all it would take is one, one frigate, one assault frigate in particular to just run in and scram under your guns and, and you're done. So they just, they haven't been viable in the current setup um i think also fighters really presented a big challenge to like to to battle cruisers in the the context of small gang um just because they applied so they applied so well and so uh, we'll see how that kind of affects i i mean that hasn't changed yeah, you, so you mean, you mean this talos with 21 and a half kehp and a signature of 1700 under mwg yeah. gets, gets wrecked by fighters <laughs> yeah. So, and that's like I don't know. I think fighters are in a better spot, but that's part of the reason those two things combined are both detrimental to um, battle cruisers. And they those two things have been very commonplace 
uh, in PvP over the last couple years. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if just, you have a, a rupture chasing you and you're in a kiting Talos, like, you, you'll, like, shred it so hard, you know? Yeah, and, uh, oh, I mean, if CCP Rise is listening to this, you know, bring it home, baby. Your team's named after the Talos. I know, I know CCP Rise <laughs> flew the Talos a lot as Kill 2. I've seen it. I've heard about it. Bring it home, baby. Let's uh let's get this 2012 Talos going. Let's uh you know let's see some game changes that slow the meadow down down even more. Talos 2020. Talos 2020. It's gonna be a good year to talk. It's a good time to talk about you know the 2020 Talos in 2028. Uh, good times. And then the last battle cruiser is the Naga. That's the Kaldari version. Seen some pretty interesting, fun things done with this one as well. Um, it gets a 5% bonus per level to large hybrid turret damage and a 10% per level bonus to large hybrid optimal range. So this is most commonly one of the ships you'll see if you go to Brave Staging. Um, it, it'll try and shoot you from 200 plus kilometers away. Um, kind of challenging to deal with. Uh, but I've also seen, like I said, Stitch Keeneland does some funny things and I've seen like 100 MN double rep or double web with like an XLASB um, and blasters on this kind of setup and uh, seen some really cool stuff um, happen there. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen those videos as well. They're pretty entertaining. Yeah. It kind of falls into the same, same area as the Talos. It's just not super fast and doesn't project super well for small gang uses. You could do some, some stuff with rails, um, tracking computers, and and make it kind of work. But overall, you it would just be better to buy an Oracle or um, or something else completely to for the use of your small gang. Yeah, for sure. All right, that's the attack battle cruisers. So we'll get into the faction battle cruisers, which are essentially you take uh, one of the combat battle cruisers and. You give it another utility high, you give it a little more fitting, maybe another slot, something like that. That's the gist of it. In fact, uh, several of the Navy uh, battle cruisers are spitting in images of their pre-nerf combat battle cruiser counterpart, uh, looking at you, Drake and Hurricane. Yeah, basically back in, what, when was that, like 2010 or something? Um, 2012? Uh, you know, the the original hurricane had the stats of the hurricane that the hurricane fleet issue currently has um, stuff like yeah. that. So. Basically CCP came out and was like, all right, minus one utility high minus a bunch of fitting hurricanes getting a nerf. Oh, we're launching this new ship, the hurricane fleet issue and it's your old hurricane. So have fun spending like 350 mil on your hurricane. Now it's basically the way it went, but you know, the hurricane fleet issue is great now. But uh, let's start with the Harby Navy issue. Uh, I have flown this like a large Omen Navy issue with an MJD. How about yep. you? Yep, I think yeah. that's about the only way you should fly it. <laughs> um, it's one of the cool things about faction battle cruisers. A lot of them have tracking bonuses that their T1 counterparts lacked, and that makes them incredibly um, potent. I'll say um, so. The Harbinger Navy issue has a 7.5% bonus per level to tracking speed 
and a 10% bonus per level to turret energy turret damage, and then a, uh, a roll bonus 25% medium energy optimal range and fall off. So the, the Harbinger Navy issue is really great at projecting damage, and it gets that tracking bonus, which makes um, the makes the long range viability of beams actually possible. Um, so the the Harbinger Navy is one of the ships we commonly saw in Alliance tournament, but um, it's it's very capable on TQ as well, and it has enough mid slots to make use of a micro warp or micro jump drive pretty effectively. The only downside to the Harbinger Navy issue is it's a bit slow, um, and it also has one command burst. So those are kind of the, the key points there are one command burst, tracking bonus, kind of slow, can usually use an MJD, um, and yeah. The next one is the Hurricane Fleet issue, and it is by far my favorite uh, out, of, out of the four faction battlecruisers. Um, the Hurricane Fleet issue gets a 10% bonus to medium projectile turret damage and a 10% per level to medium projectile tracking speed. Now, if we see the upcoming changes to projectiles, if they're, um, if they increase range or, you know, really make the damage output of the Hurricane Fleet issue, um, go up a lot, this could be a killer ship. The, like, super awesome bonus for the hurricane fleet issue is most of the time it has two utility highs available and so you can do uh multiple command bursts or you can mix in newts and it, it gives you some flexibility there so the hurricane fleet issue is also very fast um it's definitely like my favorite faction battle cruiser to use yeah i think the only faction Fleet issue or hurricane fleet issue fit up flown is the the standard one with the like the links and the RD and the Ansel armor rep. And I, I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's speed just makes it so that you can you can move your ship out to range and um and hit things with the artillery, you know, that are chasing you. Um having two links as opposed to one means you get a skirmish link that gives you speed and a skirmish link that gives you tackle range. So I always use like a Dregorista's web on there. If I remember correctly, the CPU is a little tight when you're doing two links. So I use a Dregorista's web anyway for the CPU, but then with the interdiction um, command burst, it allows you to web at like 21, 22K. And uh, you can, you know, if, if a, a small ship is coming in at you and you get them to straight line out and then you, you know, hit them with a web, uh, as they're kind of coming in, you can usually get a couple volleys off on them and either kill them or just force them off, um, it, depending on the situation and how how hard you want to commit. Um, and then it also gets drones that are really useful. So, yeah, and I think the key to it flying it is like like we said with the speed, you can transmatch, so your art, so it lowers your uh, transversal right against your target, so you can hit it. And then also, like you said, using that heated linked faction web to further slow down things that are getting too close. Like, you know, for maybe the, the volley that's going to like finish them off. They're like, aha, I've got this fucking arty ship. I'm 20 K off. them now closing fast. And all of a sudden he gets webbed and then you just hold that last volley and, you know, tap them. Yeah. Like I, I usually, it depends on how aggressive the situation is. If it's just like one dude really separated, um, I will 
so instead of spamming my web like out at 21 where you know I'm, I'm trying to get that web on as soon as possible i'll let him get into about i don't know 18 maybe 17 and then hit the web because he's, he's still gonna like gain on you for a little bit so you don't want him to you don't want to put the web on at 14 and him actually gain in to to get all the way to scram range on you but so yeah. I'll, I'll like I'll, I'll hit him with a volley and then i'll like wait a little bit and then i'll hit that web and then instead of volleying right when I hit the web, I wait until his ship starts to slow down. That straight lines out, and then I hit the volley when he's back out at like twenty. Like you know, he, he comes into like seventeen. I web. He's gonna coast into like say fifteen or fourteen. And then he's gonna coast back out, and then I hit the volley, and like it's just a destructive volley. Like <laughs> it's so brutal. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's get into the Drake Navy issue. Um, so the Drake Navy issue is pretty similar to the normal Drake, uh, you know, with obviously better stats and things like that. But what I find is the people that like the Drake Navy issue, like really like the Drake Navy issue. You're what it's your, you know, like it has a type and uh, you don't see it too often, but you do see it. And usually it's fit pretty similarly to the pod, the Drake we mentioned earlier. I don't know. Have you really seen one? I've it's only like seen it. shield, yeah, shield buffer with, with a web, maybe two webs kind of thing. I've seen people throw an MJD on it instead of a second web, stuff like that. Two slot tank. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty much the only way I've, I've ever seen it flown. Um, I'd say like outside of the context of small gang, I think it gets used a lot for more of like mission running and stuff. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm just not that um familiar with it so <laughs> for or not that familiar with mission running and those kinds of things yeah and we don't really need to talk about those uses anyway anyhow but it does yeah. get a uh like the other ships that uh get like an application bonus the faction battle cruisers this one does as well so it has an explosion radius bonus um the the biggest difference to note which is an important one is it's not kin locked. Um, that's the biggest difference here between the Drake and the and the Drake Navy is you you have a bonus to all damage types, which is uh, really really nice. Yep. And then the last faction battle cruiser is the Brutix Navy issue. Um, the Brutix Navy issue uh, gets a 10% bonus to medium hybrid damage and per level and a 7.5% bonus to medium hybrid uh, tracking speed per level. So gets a tracking bonus, super helpful. The other thing that like, it's not part of its bonuses, but it, it's a trait that's very important. It has a very, very large whole base whole hit point EHP um, amount. And so a lot a really common fit for this is just like pure whole tank um, with you know MWD scram web MJD something like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, you're you're basically going to see the normal Brutix fits moved over to the Brutix Navy. It's flown very similarly. You're going to have you know, like we we talked about the big. Big hull tank, big buffer tank, blaster fits, the kiting rail fits, right? It's very much the same thing. Great ship, great small gang ship to have. Yeah, it's surprisingly fast too. So don't underestimate it. 
Yeah. Well, that's the last faction one. So we'll kind of get into the command ships now, of which there are eight, two per race. Um, most of them don't see a lot of use in small gang, uh, but we'll we'll go through them all. We'll take a little more time on the ones that do, but let's go through the Amar ones first. Um, do you want to talk about them like grouped together by race, or should we still do one per? What do you think? Um, I mean, I was gonna go through them by race, just because their their bonuses are kind of lined up by race. Yeah, they're they're very similar, right? So like yeah. the the Amar ships are the Absolution and the Damnation. Both of them share a resistance bonus, so you're more likely to kind of buffer tank them. Is the the general way it works. Um, the Absolution uh, uses um, energy w weapons, but you know you really don't see it used a lot in small gang. Like I mentioned, it's used more in like big mid scale fleet stuff as like a really heavy link platform. So we won't, won't really get into it uh, for, for small gang. If you see one, expect big buffer tank. Uh, the damnation is very similar, except it uses missiles. Um, do you have anything else to, to add on that? I mean, you're again, yeah. you're going to see these in wormhole battles, probably stuff like that, where, where you need like a big heavy link platform. Yeah. And so the interesting thing with all the other battle cruisers they can fit command links, but they don't get bonuses for any specific ones. For command ships, each race gets bonuses to um, increase the effectiveness of certain uh, command mind link or command links. So or command bursts, yeah. So um, the absolution and damnation get three percent bonus per level for the command ship skill um, to armored command links and information command links. Um, so a lot of times when you're looking at, you know, well, we could do a couple of, you know, like one of three command ships for a role. Um, you may look at which command burst it gets a bonus to because um, per level that really adds up. And then you put a mind link on or something like that. And that is going to substantially benefit your, your fleet over a, a big fight. Exactly. And and that's where they're kind of used, right? Is just how you described. Um, but the next one, the Minmator ones, they do see some use in small gang. At least the Slepnir does. So that's the Slepnir and the Claymore. Um, instead of the resistance bonus that the Amar ones get, the Minotaur command ships get an active tank bonus. So, uh, you know, you will still see some buffer Claymores and things like that in fleet fights. But, you know, for the most part, uh, you're going to see Slepnir's fit active tank in small gang. Um, Slepnir's are the autocannon artillery one, the projectiles, and the Claymore uses missiles. Yeah, so, and the the Slepnir, a lot of uh, big fleet engagements, they'll use artillery and just sheer alpha, and, and they're kind of, they'll do buffer fits, but they're relying on the tech two resistances of the Slepnir more than the active, like, active tank um, viability. Um, if you're in a, a small gang, depending on how you have it set up, you might go with some sort of buffer setup if you have logistics. But, um, you know, I've seen some really effective, like, XLASB artillery um, kind of setups for the Slepnirs, uh in small gang. And both the 
play more and slept near, get bonuses, 3% per level for shield command bursts and skirmish command bursts. So that's the other thing is those bonuses synergize really, really well with small gang shield kite um, fleets. So that's kind of why you'll see a slept near maybe more in small gang than most of the others. For sure. And over to the Glente, the Astarte, and the Eos. So the Astarte is essentially a T2 Brudix and the Eos a T2 uh, Myrmidon, right? So um, uh, you might see these in small gang, but chances are no. I don't know. I haven't really seen much at all, to be honest, myself. How about you, Blood? I've seen Astartes a little bit more in like Wormhole where someone is like, Either, you know, it's like a two or three person kind of thing, and they're, they're active tanked. They're not, um, you know, they're like responding to something. It's not like a cohesive fleet necessarily. I've, I've seen a star days, but the EOS has definitely not been as popular in, you know, any time recently. Um, back when uh, the Sentry drone meta was super prominent, I think EOSs were a little bit more um used uh but uh, yeah uh, other than someone kind of like i've seen streamers kind of do it as like a meme you know triple rep um because you know tech two resists version of a myrmidon is super super strong but uh right and yeah. then you get super strong links right so yeah. and, and they get their bonus to armor and skirm which is you know a fantastic combination for small games yep definitely yeah, so and if if you were doing like rail brudix and stuff, a rail astarte still works fantastic. Um, it gets that that command ship bonus to armored and skirmish, so those roll like those kind of fit the role for small gang really well. Um, gets an active armor rep bonus that the brudix navy doesn't get, so it, it does a lot of that. It bridges the gap. Or it gets the benefits of both the standard Brudix and the Brudix Navy, um, plus the command burst bonus. Um, and but the, I think the biggest issue and why people don't really fly it in small gang is just cost. I think it's it's pretty expensive when you're yeah. looking at you know uh, you could be flying a Brudix Navy. Yeah, and that kind of theme stretches through all the command ships, right? Yeah, so that's, that's why we see them much more in big fleet combat type scenarios is just because their their command burst potential extends much farther and and helps in a much bigger aspect so it's worth the cost yeah them. absolutely and their buffer can just be so much more higher than the other ones so yeah but the last ones the nighthawk and the vulture these are the kaldari command ships they have a resistance bonus just like the amar ones so um while the minotaur Glente have an active tank bonus these ones have resistance so uh, again, the Nighthawk is basically a T2 Drake. It's the missile platform, the Vulture, the hybrid platform. Kaldari command ships get a bonus to both uh, shield and information um, uh, command bursts. So yeah, uh, not going to see a lot of use in small gang. We'll see some use in mid to uh, large scale fleet PVP type stuff, I'd say. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, Kind of the same theme as the other ones. These command ships aren't aren't really used too much, with the exception of the the Slepnir is probably the main exception, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. But do you do you want to go through them at all, or should we just leave it? No, at that? I, mean, I mean, 
so the the biggest takeaway is these command ships you're not going to see them a whole lot in small gang just because of of things like cost versus effectiveness um speed and one of the biggest things that you're getting out of them is their links um but a lot of people in small gang will have a command destroyer to fill that role and so really if you're looking at flying a battle cruiser you would usually instead of going all the way to a command ship um, a lot of people would would really just prefer you know fly like a hurricane fleet issue and then have a command destroyer on an alt or something like that that tends to be kind of more of the focus or brudix navy with a command destroyer um, or just mixing a command destroyer into your group so that's where like at least for command ships um Maybe if the meta slows down, you might see them kind of coming back in. But I, I really feel like if we're going to see battle cruisers in general coming back into the meta, it's going to be the T1 and the faction and maybe attack battle cruisers. Like that's going to be where the the main focus is. Those command ships, while they are great, they just have the the cost benefit isn't really there um, currently, other than like maybe the Slepnir and that just you know when you're talking small gang where you have six people and it's it's very there's a high risk potential for something to to come in and scram down your command ship um it's definitely like a pretty challenging uh situation uh, yeah yeah absolutely but i think we did uh i think we did it pretty well i think we covered lots of ground there that's really it for the battle cruisers guys uh hope hope you guys enjoyed the discussion on it it I learned something maybe or just got a general knowledge of, of the ship type since it's one a lot of people who picked up even last couple of years probably haven't seen these roaming much so hopefully you will see them soon roaming more and more um, as CCP kind of nudges the meta that way a little bit in my opinion as we talked about but yeah hopefully you learned something and uh, we'll move on to shout outs before we just wrap up the episode and uh, I want to give a big shout out to well, these guys, both uh, former guests of the show, one was Setonia, who made a video uh, flying some of the um, combat interceptors. That's what they're called, right? The scepters that got buffed yep. recently. Yeah, the combat scepters. So, yeah, he went through and uh, and did a pretty cool video just flying those. So we're going to link it. It's uh, on YouTube, on his YouTube channel. And the other one I wanted to shout out is uh, AP who released his Minmatar and Rust We Trust video, which is like 30 minutes of uh, super great flying, big adrenaline, um, kind of like the amount of effort that goes into videos like this is insane. He has so much footage. It's literally months and months and months of, of actively playing Eve, recording all the fights. So going to link those two. Give them a watch. Uh, and then you have something to shout out, Blood? Yeah, I have a couple. Um, I mean, I'm always going to shout out, like, uh, Lucy Liu on his his stuff. Um, worst player ever. Recently, he flew, like, a jackdaw, and he got pinned down by a scepter. And he's flying a Tinamin jackdaw, like, got pinned down by a scepter. He ends up killing, like, I don't even remember, like, six or seven ships or something. And burns out his, his Tinamin, and then I don't even know what happened with the scepter, but, like, as he's sitting there, like waiting for a Cinnable to to fly 600 kilometers over to come kill him, he's just spamming warp. The interceptor dropped point and like got out of range. Like I don't know, orbited weird or something. Went out to like 31 kilometers and lost point, and and he warps out. So 
that was like a really cool it's a 23 minute video um i also i've been watching this uh guy who he streams but to youtube not to twitch um called active anton he does kind of like some exploration um solo wormhole stuff um uh, I've been liking his stuff. Not much of a PvPer, but he's he's streaming consistently, um, which is pretty cool. And then the last like YouTube shout out would be Lockley Theo, and I've been seeing lots of videos from this guy. Um, does some really interesting small gang brawling stuff with his corp, and also like he will dual box and bring in like a guardian to a Leshak. So he's he's doing like this remote armor rep on his Leshak. And then uh, it has a alt and a guardian, and um, taking on some pretty big fights. Um, that's like the interesting part too. I think this last one was more of like a fleet engagement where he like puts notes in about how they, you know, they were escalating or whatever. But um, I, it was like something like a, a carrier came in. And while they had a Balgorn ready to come in, they didn't want, they didn't bring it in because it was just, it was unnecessary and it was too much, right? Like they wanted to keep the fight relatively on fair terms or um, in that regard. And then if it escalated further, they were going to bring stuff in. So it's kind of like interesting um, small gang fleet combat is how I would describe it. I, I think I looked up some of their kill mills. Most of it, you know, is like five or six characters, but it's probably like two dudes or three dudes. So pretty interesting uh, to watch. And he often puts in multiple perspectives of, you know, the Lodgy ship too and different stuff. Nice. All right. Well, uh, yeah. And, and that Lockley Theo guy, I've been watching his stuff as well. Loving it. It's really good. Very like down to earth as well. Like, you know, doesn't... Uh, doesn't seem like a, an elitist type dude, just very down to earth, shows his mistakes, talks about them. Really good. All right, guys, that's it for today. Uh, looking forward to the next episode. Just remember, it's not the size of your gang. It's about how you use it.